How important is this game? It's huge. I mean, I mean, it's it's huge from a national standpoint because obviously, if we lose this game, I mean, they're gonna kick us out. They don't want us in there anyway. Uh, it's the dadgummest thing. So it's big because you know they can't vote us out. I mean, we gotta we gotta go under. We gotta go thirty and zero. I mean, we ain't got no choice. But we don't play nobody. Okay, here we go. Number two, Ohio State versus number three, totally disrespected, written off. They have no chance in this game if you're talking to Dabo Sweeney, Clemson. This is the college football playoff semifinal in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. It's coming up less than a week now, December 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern in Glendale, Arizona. The game will be broadcast on ESPN. I assume it's going to be Herb Street and Fowler on the call. Clemson's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 63. The game is basically a pick but you wouldn't know it from the predictions by the vast majority of the national pundits, which include Colin Cowherd of Fox. He's picking Clemson. Matt Leinart of Fox is picking, picking Clemson. ESPN's Adam Rittenberg, Desmond Howard, Greg McElroy, T- Todd McShay, all picking Clemson. Nine of 11 CBS Sports College football writers, including Dennis Dodd, Jerry Palm, picking Clemson. Danny Cannell, Brian Jones, Aaron Taylor, Randy Cross of CBS Sports, picking Clemson, Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated, Clemson, Stuart Mandel, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, Clemson, Bill Bender of The Sporting News, Clemson, Steve Lassen, Mitch Light, Mark Ross of Athlon Sports, all picking Clemson. Dabo Sweeney's been trying to play the disrespect card going into this game. I have no idea how well that's going over. I can't imagine it's going very well because... The Tigers are technically the Vegas favorite, and everybody who's anybody among the national analysts is picking Clemson. Uh, I think Urban took uh, the Buckeyes. Yeah, Urban Meyer. Okay, yeah, who's Urban Meyer going to pick, right? And then I I also saw Joel Klatt (laughs) reluctantly picking Ohio State. He's been covering Ohio State all year, and uh, he picked Ohio State with a massive hedge, uh, you know, saying he could see Clemson winning as well. I mean, freaking nobody thinks Ohio State can win this game. That's kind of how I, I thought. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. All right, well, let's go around the horn, guys. I just want to get a, an initial thought or two from each of you on this matchup. Chad, why don't we start with you? Give me a, a couple thoughts on, on the matchup. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm so excited for this game. As you guys know, I'm not a big fan of Debo. <laughs> can't stand the prick, and I want to win this game so bad. But, uh, you know, I mean, they've got fast players. Um, we probably will not see speed. We have seen speed like this all year. Um, their defensive line is, is, is pretty solid. I, I know they did lose a lot of good players, but I think the uh, the offensive line is going to be up to the task, man. I'm just I'm so anti. I, I've been thinking about this game since they announced it. I can't wait till next Saturday night. Um, all right. I think uh, Fields is uh, is going to be 100 percent. Um, I think we're going to be right at ball, man. I just can't wait. All right. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I not su- surprised to hear all these, uh, these pundits voting or going for Clemson. I, it doesn't surprise me in the least bit. I think that works completely in our favor. I mean, they, they don't, uh, we're just another Midwest team, another slow big 10 team. They're not going to have any problem with, they creamed us three years ago. They handled Notre Dame last year. I mean, it was just – they're already 
thinking the LSU matchup. They're looking ahead to that. Alabama's out of the picture. They're ready to crown themselves the new kings, the new dynasty (laughs) of college football. And uh, they're, they're, they're overlooking this game. I mean, they're, they, they never had a problem with this before. And, we're just a mere a little little appetizer on the way to the LSU game. <laughs> completely favors us. <laughs> right, Paige. I'm going to kick it over to you. But before you go, I just want to I just want to point something out. And you can't really talk about Clemson without talking about their schedule. As much as Dabo Sweeney's trying to deflect on that, um, I just had a look at the numbers uh, earlier this week. Clemson comes into this game having played three top 40 opponents according to ESPN's Power Football Index. Texas A&M, they have it 17th, South Carolina at 37th, and North Carolina at 40. By comparison, Ohio State has played seven top 40 opponents according to ESPN's FPI. Wisconsin twice, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Cincy, they're all within the top 40 according to ESPN's um, FPI. Paige, go ahead. Corbin, that's hilarious. You, you don't think you don't think they're a little bit worried? You, you just think you don't think that uh, they're they're not taking this game seriously? I totally <laughs> think they are. Now that being said, Jesus, man, that Dabo Sweeney, he is unbelievably unconscionable, man. He did an interview. I don't know if you guys saw it with uh, Marty Smith or something. I was actually listening to it this morning. Um, and like the guy asked him like two questions and he talked, I swear to God for 15 minutes on each question on just pure freaking dribble about they don't get the benefit of the doubt. He, he must've said it five times. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it's almost as if he wants like, I, I don't know, like coach decade of the year award. Um, yeah, great dude. You've won 28 games in a row, but since when did, did what happened last year matter that what happens this year? And the fact of the matter is had they even lost that game to North Carolina, they still would be in the playoffs. Just there's no way the way the season shook out that they're not making the playoffs. The whole thing is just a manufactured narrative that is just complete horseshit. And after listening to him for like 20 minutes, I, I literally, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to turn it off and, and just move on. So um, he, he is, God, you know, I, uh, the walk-on kid from Alabama, and they've got right. this chip on my shoulder, and just <laughs> on and on and on. It was just, if you guys haven't listened to it, you got to listen to it. It'll just get you fired up after and kick their ass, that, which I, I think know. they're going to do. So, so do you think there's... There, there's a, a purpose behind this talk. I mean, is he speaking to his team? I mean, obviously he is, but is there a concern about overconfidence? Is there a concern? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Matt, what do you what think? Else, what else do they have to motivate? They didn't play anyone all, all year, so this is the where he's got to actually have to do some coaching because they haven't played. They're they're, they're straight through their schedule is just. I mean, calling it anemic would be kind of. A compliment it's <laughs> it's so so for him to see, when he does this these things like and it's not a bad move he's getting people who are highly talented who have essentially had cakewalks the whole year and getting them fired up because to say like look 
you're the best team and they're disrespecting you, not you're the best team and you haven't been challenged all year because you can't really say that. So he, you know, they're, the thing that works in our advantage, quite frankly, is that we had a hellacious uh, last half of the season. Like we played a really tough schedule. So we are tried and trusted. This group of, and I, I mean, that North Carolina game, they played horrible. Yeah. They, they still won the game. But, you know, to Paige's point, they would have been in the playoffs anyhow. They have just too much uh, talent on both sides of the ball. And when you look at it on paper, it is a pick and fight. And it's great for us because we've been in fights. They have not been in fights. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one thing that's going to work against us. He's making these manufactured things because, quite frankly, he's like, you know, like we played against, uh, um, you know, uh, North Carolina State. You know, you can't say anything about, you know, it's not, they don't have any strong, they didn't really have a gauntlet of games to run through. So this team, they're ripe for the picking in terms of, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get up fairly quickly on them because they don't, they they may not be ready for a defense like ours or the offense like ours. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. All right. Okay. Well, you guys have pretty much covered everything that I might've said just about, you know, just kind of macro level going in, looking at this matchup. What I'd like to do is go around the horn and from each of you just get a matchup in this game that you're looking forward to seeing. I'm I'm actually going to get it started and then Chad, I'll kick it to you. Uh, For me, I've got questions about the Clemson defense and, and I'm looking forward to how the Ohio State offensive line matches up with the Clemson front seven. Chad, you had mentioned the Clemson defensive line uh, earlier in, in your earlier take. Um, I think it's interesting because the, Cle- the Clemson defense has actually improved statistically in some areas from their national championship season a year ago. Their national rankings in scoring defense, pass defense, total defense, defensive yards per play are all up from 2018. But that's despite a massive drop in production from their defensive line. I think, as you guys know, Clemson turned over its entire starting defensive line from 2018 that included three first-round draft picks, Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Dexter Lawrence. We remember in the 2016 matchup, those guys were a nightmare. Cleveland Farrell especially, we could not deal with them. Um, The production from the Clemson defensive line as a result of those losses, though, this year has plummeted. Only nine and a half sacks and 22 and a half tackles for loss from their starting defensive line this year. That's down from 27 sacks and 56 and a half tackles for loss in 2018. I mean, that is a dramatic drop off in production. So, so the way Clemson, they've kind of changed their approach this year. The centerpiece of their defense is the Swiss Army knife kind of do it all linebacker, Isaiah Simmons. He won the Butkus Award this year. Simmons is an interesting player. He's a three-star prospect out of Kansas. He actually played safety in high school, and he's an athletic freak. He's 6'4", 230. He runs a 4'3", 40. He leads Clemson in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, QB pressures, and he's also third on the team in pass breakups. Um, Brent Venables uses the guy, Simmons, all over the field. Of Simmons' 643 snaps, he's played 104 on the defensive line, Two, only 203 as a box linebacker, 230 at slot corner, and 106 at free safety. He's played more snaps as a defensive back than he has a linebacker. I mean, far more, almost twice as many. I mean, that's impressive individual greatness from Simmons. But my question is, what does it say about the rest of your defense when you have to use one guy uh, all over the field like Venables uses Simmons? I mean, if, if it were me, if I were a Clemson fan... 
I personally, I'd be a little worried that, you know, my defensive coordinator has to use one player uh, all over the field like that. To me, that might suggest that they don't have enough impact players on that side of the ball. So what I'm interested in seeing is how the Ohio State offensive line manages that, that defensive front. I think there's some talent on that, Cle- that Clemson defensive line. Um, Xavier Thomas, their defensive end, he only has two sacks this year. Uh, he was a five-star prospect in the 2018 class. The kid can play. They've got a pretty solid nose tackle in, in Tyler Davis. He can play. But I, I think there's a, an advantage there for Ohio State along the offensive line. I think uh, it could be a big day for J.K. Dobbins there. So that's what I'm looking forward to see. Chad, how about you? What, what matchup are you looking forward to? Well, you know, I mean, the offensive line is, is you know, like if you were just mentioning there, is, is a big, big factor for us because, I mean, you know, we won none of these games, but we had just, we surrendered 31 sacks in 13 games. That's 95th in the country. Yeah. Which is basically 2.3, you know, eight per game. You know, you can figure why Fields is a little bit banged up. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's going to be huge. Now, what I'm curious about is their defensive backs with our wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've got so much talent at the wide receiver position. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I'm looking to get like, our defensive line against their offensive line. I mean, I know it kind of like hit four different segments there. But, I mean, you know, I, I think there's got to be other guys that's going to have to step up um, because, you know, they're going to be tripled. Uh, blocking chase so yeah. you know i think trevor lawrence is going to be on his ass more than like in this game more than he's been Man, on the I last so. few years i hope so, <laughs> so yeah. all right uh, so, mike how about you uh, what what matchup are you looking forward to the most yeah i heard all about simmons and how he's all world all over the field he's uh my first instinct when i heard about him was you know if you're if you're so great what are you still doing playing college football as a senior <laughs> but um, I, I don't want to take too much away from him. He's 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 good, uh, but he does seem to be the only guy out there. And I think we've got too many weapons. I mean, they could spot him on fields, on dot. What are they going to do? I mean, he can't be everywhere. We've got a lot of weapons, and I think Day is going to exploit exploit that. But the, the matchups I'm looking forward to are their two receivers, um, mm. the, Ross and the other guy Higgins against Akuda and Arnett Higgins. Yeah. Those guys are good. Those guys are, you know, they, they, either one of them can, can uh, come down with a ball. And uh, I don't know that Akuda or, or Arnett's going to be able to shut down his guy. Akuda might have a little bit more success. They're going to get yards and they, and they're, but I, I hope, I'm looking forward to seeing that because we've got, everyone's got Akuda in the first round of the NFL draft too. Yeah. And this is a big game for him. Yeah. He hasn't faced anybody like this. We saw what he did in the second half when he came back in Wisconsin. Um, it, everybody in the second half on our defense has been shutting down quarterbacks. But like you said before, we haven't seen a quarterback like Lawrence. We've yeah. had Patterson and Cohen, but uh, come on, they're not really what we're talking about here. So they're going to be challenged, and I think we're going to give up some yards. We're going to give up some points, but – I, I think our offense is going to be there too. So it'll be, I'm, I'm look. I'm thinking it's going to be a shootout. All right, Matt, how about you? What matchup are you looking forward to, to seeing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing a Dobbins versus their linebackers and their, you know, defensive line. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, the, that the, how our running game is going to do. 
And, and you know, when you talk about what, you know, some of the things are beyond our concerns, it's the flip side of that is like ATM versus our linebacker mm-hmm. group. So I think that will you can talk about Fields and Lawrence all you want, but it really who wins the running game may win the may win the overall game, uh, is in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, Paige, how about you? Yeah, I agree with Sloaner. I think uh, Lawrence is going to make plays. Those receivers are just going to make plays. They're going to score points, um, but so are we. Um, and w- w- I think the the game, you know. I mean, Wade against their third receiver, Kuda Arnett, is critical. Uh, but again, they're going to make some plays. We're going to make some plays. If our linebackers play well, I think we win this game. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a breakout performance from somebody like a Josh Proctor that yeah. we haven't, you know, we've seen glimpses of. But when you get to this time of year, it always seems like the guy comes out of nowhere right? That's just been lurking in the shadows. You know, he's got great talent um, that can just be in an X factor in a game like this. And we all know some of the deficiencies of our linebackers and that guy just being rangy out there, being able to make some plays, I think is going to be critical for us. I think it's going to be a really high scoring game. So I'm not going to freak out when, you know, T Higgins, whatever, you know, catches a touch because they are that's going to happen yeah um but if our linebackers play well and we get some critical stops um i think we're going to be in great shape and then the other thing is yeah our offensive line and i'm kind of curious to see what kind of you know game plan day comes into this game with right is he really you know hammer them on the you know running jk or just open it up or you know obviously i want balance 250 250 but i really think you know, does he come in with the plan with JK and just wear them down with our offensive line and try and take control of that game in the third quarter? So that'll be interesting mm-hmm. as well. Well, Ohio State's a running team. I, I, I don't remember the exact percentages, but they run more than they pass. They're like, I don't know, 65, 67% run, or maybe it's the low 60s. So they're, they're, they tend to be run heavy. That's their identity. Uh, and I think in this matchup, if you look at the, as, as we've already talked about, if you look at the Clemson front four, um, there's reason to suspect that maybe there's a, a, a matchup advantage there. Matt, I wanted to go back to something uh, you had mentioned. That was Travis Etienne. Um, he's the ACC Offensive Player of the Year. He leads the country in yards per carry, 8.24 yards per carry. I mean, that is a good yard and a half over some of the other top backs in the country. Clyde edwards Alaire of LSU is only averaging, well, he's averaging six and a half a carry. So is J.K. Dobbins, basically. Jonathan Taylor, 6'3", 8". Uh, Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, 6'2", 7", almost two more, two yards per carry more than Chuba Hubbard at TN. I don't know. That statistic stands out to me as, uh, as maybe a, uh, a suggestion or a clue that, that you know, Clemson has not faced many good defenses this year when you've got a gaudy yards per carry stat. But if you look at the, the best defenses Clemson played this year, and they only played two that rank in the top 60 against both the run and the pass, that was Texas A&M and North Carolina. In those games, Travis Etienne against Texas A&M, 16 carries for 53 yards. Against UNC, 14 carries for 67 yards. He also had kind of a paltry game against South Carolina, who's not that good, but they have SEC athletes, 15 carries, 51 yards. What I like to do is look at an opponent's schedule and find like matchups or like talent compared to what Ohio State's going to bring to the table. 
I don't know. You look at those matchups, Etienne against A&M, UNC, and South Carolina, he was only just okay, which makes me wonder, can the Ohio State front seven contain Etienne without having to sell out, without having to cheat Fuller up in the box to stop him? I think they might be able to do that. Uh, that's just a hunch. I, we'll find out. Um, guys, any other uh, any other matchups you wanted to mention before we move on? You know, uh, I got, you know, Gallagher text the line, our, uh, our thread. He said he's really hot to see the punting show, uh, game against Spears versus Chrisman. He says that he's, he's a, Gallagher says it's going to be a placement wow. lovers game. A lot, of hang, a lot of hang time fireworks. Is what hang is. time fireworks. <laughs> a tip of the cap to our, our, uh, our comrade in absentia, Tim Gallagher, who couldn't join us today. Um, his, his best take of the year. That was great. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really hot on this one, guys. <laughs> um, hey, it could come down to special teams. This game's going to be tight. Yeah, yeah. Match Indeed, yeah. Even all around. It could come down to special teams. Oh something like that. Turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say punters. But you know, anyway. I, I wanted to mention one other thing, and I, I, I probably spent more time than I should have digging into this, the stats here. But, um, you know, the Clemson offense, right? They're basically returning the entire offense from last year, save, I think, for one starting, their starting left tackle. So they, were, they returned four or five starters on the defensive line. Obviously, Lawrence, Etienne, and, and the two studs, uh, Ross and Higgins on the outside. That was the offense that lit up Alabama last year in the national championship game. And the numbers bear this out, right? They're a great offense. Number four in offensive yards per play. Number three in total offense. Uh, number four in scoring offense. They can obviously run the ball. They're 10th nationally in rushing offense. I, I'm personally, you know, if we're talking about concerns... The vertical passing game with Lawrence T. Higgins and, and Justin Ross is right. scary good. And, and Higgins in particular, because he's the kind of guy that can pull down balls in traffic, even balls that aren't well thrown. He can catch off his body. He's got a giant catch radius. Uh, Lawrence is going to be the best quarterback Ohio State has faced since Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold in 2017. Uh, since Clemson's close call against North Carolina, that was a one-point game. If you guys remember, North Carolina was lining up to, for a two-point conversion try that would have won the game, and they didn't convert. Clemson hangs on. Since that game, Trevor Lawrence has thrown 26 touchdowns and three interceptions. I think that's the best mark of any quarterback in college football. However, these are the national rankings of the past defenses he's faced over that span. 120th. 84th, 126th, Wofford, 101st, 97th, 84th, and 70th. I, I, to me, I don't know. I, I, the, I, murderer's I, row. I, yeah, murderer's row of pass defenses. <laughs> uh, now, I think that pass, that pass vertical passing game is legitimately good, and I have massive respect for that. But, I mean... Guys, again, we come back to schedule. We come back to what the ACC has presented to, to Clemson. I don't know. I mean, there's reason to suspect that this Ohio State defense is kind of uniquely built to, to, to contend with this Clemson offense. You've got a great pass rush led by Chase Young and a group of, you know, five-star elite corners, uh, defensive backs to contend with him. Let's go around the horn and get some other con uh, concerns from, from the rest of you guys. Chad, what's your biggest concern going into this game? 
offensive line. I'm a little bit nervous, man. I don't know why, but I think it's our offensive line. Uh, yeah. Just the way they we've, you know, they they came back and 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 you know, posted in the second half in a couple of games. But there's been a couple of these games where they started out early, just letting them, like you know, mm-hmm. get the field, and that that makes me nervous. So you know, that's the only really concern that I have. Okay. Um, as far as the game goes, I mean, I you know, they come out of the gate and start blocking early, get give JK some holes, give Fields time to throw. We win this game handily. Um, but if they start getting the field early, you know, it's going to, I don't want I don't want to deal with that second half, you know, into the game bullshit where I'm walking <laughs> around, like my anxieties, like, you know, I'm smoking a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> so. Yeah. The offensive line in pass protection, you make a really good point, right? I, Fields has been sacked 27 times this year. And compare that to Trevor Lawrence who's only been sacked 12. And I think some of that is on fields because he holds the ball too long. He tries to extend plays. And, and as we've said a million times on this pod, you live with some of that. But I, I agree with you, Chad, that that would be a concern. Now, you know, they're going up against a Clemson front four that doesn't generate a lot of pressure. They really rely on on their linebackers and their secondary to get pressure. But but I, I think that is a legit concern. I'm right there with you. Mike, how about you? What's your biggest concern going into this matchup? Yeah, I agree with that. I, um, you know, if we can establish a run game, we're home free. I, I just against Michigan, you know, we just ran right over them. I was like, oh, this is, yeah, we got this. Um, so <laughs> as soon as we establish a run game, it just opens up everything else. But that's a lot to ask, and um, I think we need to be a throw first, run second offense this game, and I'm relying, I'm, I'm relying on Day to have that in Heartline to have that game plan ready. I want to, my biggest concern, I want to see Fields. Most of those sacks he takes are, are, are indecisiveness on his part. Mm-hmm. He's holding the ball too long. He, he's looking off. He's, he, he just isn't, um, he's just not the best player he could be yet. He's great. He, he's, you know, he, he's awesome. I mean, he had a, a great year. Yeah. But against a, a good defense, I just want to see him drop back and look off one or two and fire. Just fire. Mm-hmm. Don't don't just be confident in yourself that you can make the throw and make the throw. He he I don't think it, it just reminds me of Barrett and his read run offense and his plotting and you know, we, he they hurried up off the field the last time around and, and that's what doomed us. Yeah. We got to stay on the field. The offense has got to stay on and give our defense a rest. Our defense played not that bad last time uh, against uh, Watson and those guys. Yeah. We had an interception in the first, yeah, two interceptions. They just got worn down. Yeah. We just eventually just couldn't stop them anymore. And this offense we're facing is just as good. So our offense has got to stay on the field, and Fields has got to pick them up. Uh, he, he's just, he's got to make the throws, you know, the – the quick throws without dancing around too much. Yeah, it'd be interesting. That's what I want to see. It'd be interesting to see what Day installs to help Fields make quicker decisions. Now he's going up against a great defensive coordinator in Brent Venables, right? Who is he's had three weeks to prepare, and he is a magician with the way you know he mixes up his fronts and does a bunch of pre-snap stuff to confuse quarterbacks, and he he mixes up his coverages. And, and, you know, I think we've already discussed, Chad, you, your concerns with the offensive line and their inability sometimes to pick up, uh, you know, uh, blitz packages and that sort of thing. And then and now, Mike, you mentioning field sometimes getting confused and not being decisive enough. I mean, that that is a concern there when you're looking at, you know, a, a genius like Venables and what he can do, 
you know, kind of disguising blitzes and coverages and that sort of thing. How about you, Matt? What's your greatest concern going into this game? Well, you know, the greatest concern is, uh, you know, the start of the last couple games uh, where we had to kind of uh, send the mystery machine looking for our linebacker crew. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know, where are you guys? Are you, you know, what's, you know, you know, Werner and crew, where yeah. are you? And it's like, that's the biggest concern of mine. Because this, look, we got, you know, Wisconsin and Michigan both have limited offenses and they were carving this up. And it was mostly due to poor tackling and crap. In the first linebacker. half. Yeah. yeah, in the first half. I mean, they just they didn't have the talent to finish the job, be perfectly candid. So this team does. Um, so, you know, what crew, what linebacker crew is going to show up? Is the one that played most of the season or the ones that played the last couple games in the first half who just looked out of sorts? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that is by far my biggest concern because even when we made adjustments it was more the defensive line and the secondary secondary that made the bigger adjustments mm-hmm. i the linebacker play didn't really pick up noticeably at least um so you know like i if i see werner missing tackles and that's gonna that's gonna be something that they're gonna exploit so uh, i'm hoping that that their game with the rest and everything that um you know harris and browning and borling can and werner can all bring it uh, with a little bit more force that, like they were doing at the beginning of the year. I wonder if this might be more of a Baron Browning game than a tough Borland game, just given the speed and skill. I wonder how... Maybe. Yeah, I wonder if, if we'll see a little less of Borland uh, in this game and, and more of Browning. And Paige, you'd already mentioned Josh Proctor. You know, maybe Proctor, you see a little bit more of him. He's a big hitter. He's an athlete. Um, you know, especially if you're worried about getting beat deep, maybe they play a second safety. Um you know, rather than just having the single high safety with Fuller, which they've been doing all year, uh, maybe maybe there is more snaps for the guys like Browning and Proctor. Paige, how about you? What's your biggest concern going into this game? Sloaner just said it perfectly. So I'm going to pivot off that and just you know what? Let's not let's not focus on our concerns. And the other thing, it's it is funny. I've said this a few times on the pod. We do all these pods. This is like the 22nd one. We never talk about Chase Young. Right? <laughs> yeah. We have the best fucking player on the field. He's, you know, I mean, come on. So, so what do we do? He's got to step up. And if they're going to triple team him, then the, the other guys on the defensive line have got to wreak havoc, right? Yeah. And so pick your poison here, Clemson. And, you know, it, again, it kind of goes back to that, narrative that nobody's giving us a chance. And it's like, did, did anybody just not watch these last 13 games by Ohio State? Like, these guys are <laughs> freaking good. They're, you know, yeah. I mean, Chase Young's going to be the number two pick in the draft, if not the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. So if I'm sitting there and you, if you take off the jerseys, right, you say, I want that team from Columbus. That's the better team, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, talent-wise, Player for player, we match up with them, except maybe our linebackers. So as long as, you know, they just they don't even have to play out of their head. They just have to play decently. Everybody else on that team for a high state, they're all NFL players. So why are we so freaking worried about this game? And why is nobody giving us a chance? Not worried. <laughs> Paige, uh, just to back you up on your point about talent, I, I, this was interesting. 
Um, I had a look at the 2019-2417 team talent composite. And if you look at that, uh, that's basically the roster makeup uh, of each team uh, nationally. Number one, not surprisingly, is Alabama. But I had a look at where the, re- the playoff field ranks in that team talent composite. Ohio State is the highest ranked at number two. 13 five stars, 47 four stars. Behind them is LSU at number five. Seven five stars, 44 four stars. Behind LSU is Oklahoma. Five five stars, 45 four stars. And then at the very bottom is Clemson at number nine. So they have seven five stars, half as many as Ohio State, 33 four stars. Now, of course, that doesn't account for like a three-star player like Simmons who developed into a star player. But, and it doesn't tell the whole story, but if we're talking about pure talent, Ohio State has a significant talent edge in this matchup with Clemson, which I, I, I thought was interesting. I would not have guessed that. Uh, I can't remember who pointed that out. I think it might have been the, the guys on the athletic podcast for Ohio State, Ari Wasserman and Bill, uh, Bill Landis pointed that out. Um, I, I wanted to go back to one other thing you were talking about, the matchup with the Clemson offense page. Uh, Clemson has faced... As I mentioned earlier, only two defenses this year that rank in the top 60 nationally against both the run and the pass, Texas A&M and North Carolina. And not coincidentally, those are Clemson's closest games. In the matchup against A&M, Clemson, they were, you know, they won 24-10. The game was never really in doubt. They were kind of in control throughout. They had one big quarter. The second quarter, they, they outscored A&M 17-zip. But they only had 389 yards of total offense in that game. Trevor Lawrence was okay. He was 24-35 for 268 yards. As I mentioned earlier, Travis Etienne was held in check. 16 carries, 53 yards. The North Carolina matchup, that's a team in North Carolina that's 58th nationally against the run, 50th against the pass. They held Clemson to 21 points, 331 yards of total offense. Trevor Lawrence was only 18 of 30 in that game for 206 yards. Travis Etienne, 14 rushes for 67 yards. His longest run from scrimmage in that game was 13 yards. So, I mean, I look at numbers like that, and there just isn't enough in their schedule to really tell us, to give us a true indication of how good they are. But, man, the step up in competition for Clemson is going to be enormous in this matchup. So, that was and, very and interesting. This, 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 is, this is all because of what they did to Alabama last year in the championship game and granted a lot of that team's back but they did lose a lot of other players you cannot have an objective point of view on this team because they haven't played anybody and so it is kind of funny that people are just penciling them in by a game that happened last year and we're also just being you know again i forget who said it might have been mikey you know slow white guys from midwest what happened you know, in in 2016. But that's not this team either. So it's just hilarious, this narrative that, you know, that we're just going to be overmatched because I firmly believe we have as much or not more talent than these guys, and we should win this game. You know, I I want to go back to that national championship matchup against Alabama. Um, That Alabama defense actually was not a very good Alabama defense by Alabama standards. They were 16th in total defense last year, 33 in passing yards allowed, 23rd in team pass efficiency. They were 19th against the run. 
it was just kind of an okay Alabama defense. I wonder, has Trevor Lawrence seen a legitimately good defense in his entire career at Clemson? I, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I think he's legitimately good. I mean, everybody wanted this kid coming out of high school. You know, Higgins, Etienne, all those guys could play anywhere in the country. I think they're going to be stars in the NFL. But again, like, I go back to, I mean, who have they played? And I think that's a legitimate question. Guys, any, any yeah. other concerns you wanted to mention? All right. So now it's down to brass tacks. I want to get some produ- some predictions from you guys. Chad, I'm going to kick it over to you. Give us a score right. prediction. Buckeyes, 43, Clemson, 27. Wow. 43-27. I got to throw out a, throw out a uh, quick uh, – Prediction for my nephew Hayden. I uh, was with him for Christmas of the weekend. He's taking the Buckeyes 35 21. 35 21. Okay. Uh, Matt, give us yours. Uh, I have us winning, doing five touchdowns and two field goals to their four touchdowns and one field goal, 41 31. 41 31. Okay. Paige. I predict, unfortunately, this is going to be a, a four-cigarette uh, pack game for Mr. Plummer. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Focus. Uh, totally. You better go buy an extra carton. Now, you know, I, I was thinking about I, I kind of think it might play out similarly to the Alabama semifinal game, right? Where we fall, you know, behind early, and the, and then everybody starts to freak out. Um, but then we pull close, and then you know it's a pretty tight game at halftime. But then we just start to pull away in the second half. So that's what I'm expecting. I I, I just think we'll wear them down on the offensive line. J.K. is going to have a huge day. Uh, so I'm thinking something along the lines of like. 44 to 34 Buckeyes. 44, 34 Buckeyes. Okay. Mike? Yeah, I, I'm right in that same area with every, all you guys. I, I was thinking 42, 28 when I, before Chad said his. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I think we're going we're gonna to go play toe-to-toe with them. And, um, you know, I, I, I just got to go back to this whole thing about um, about everybody picking Clemson. Um, they just, I think they're fans. You know, the coach could say whatever. Debo could say whatever he wants. And, and players probably hear that every single game. Hey, watch out for this Virginia Tech game. You know, every <laughs> single game. What else is he going to say? Every sing, you know, he's got to get him up for something. But after a while, that goes in one ear. And the players just kind of dismiss that. And I do not discount what the fans are thinking and what the pundits are saying. That gives them a, a feeling that, you know, okay, they started dismissing what a coach says to them all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and they feel pretty good about this. They, they're already looking to LSU, I, I believe. They're, they're thinking another team from the South is the only team that can play with them. And, uh, and yeah, I think we're going to give them more than they can handle. So I'll, I'll adjust mine a little bit. I'm going to go 37 uh, 30. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to be, it's going to be the over and obviously we're going to, we're going to cover there. All right. I like it. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think the stars are going to have to shine for Ohio State in this game, and, and I expect that they will. You know, Fields, Dobbins, Olave, Young, Akuda, Harrison, those guys. Um, I think Lawrence, Higgins, and Ross, I think that, that vertical passing game from Clemson is just too good to be for any college defense to shut them down completely. But I think Ohio State has the personnel up front, starting with Chase Young, and in the secondary with Akuda, Wade, those guys, to limit those big plays in the passing game. Um, and I don't, I don't think the Ohio State front seven is going to have to sell out to contain Travis Etienne. And we've seen lesser defenses in Texas A&M and North Carolina do it without having necessarily to sell out. Um, as I mentioned before, the statistics say the Clemson defense is elite. I question how good it actually is. Um, they're not nearly as good along the defensive line as they were in 2016 and 2018. As we remember in that 2016 matchup, you know, the, one of the two massive advantages they had were a quarterback and a defensive line. That's not going to be the case in this matchup. Uh, I think there also might be some good reason to question the Clemson secondary if Isaiah Simmons, their Butkus award-winning linebacker, is playing more at slot corner than he is in the box at linebacker. And by the way, if you want to, if you want to put, uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons on a veteran, you know, slot receiver like KJ Hill, I'll take that matchup. Um, I think KJ Hill's going to win some of those battles, as athletic as Simmons is. Um, I think I think Brent Venables has kind of been using smoke and mirrors to give the appearance of an elite defense this year. Um, and I expect the Ohio State offense could have a big advantage there, as I've already mentioned. I, and I agree, it could be a big night for J.K. Dobbins. I'm expecting that. Um, it's really Ohio State who should be playing the disrespect card here. We've already mentioned it. All the national analysts on all the major platforms are picking Clemson by a very wide margin. I think Ohio State's going to come into this game with a massive chip on their shoulders. I expect it's going to be a very pro-Ohio State crowd in Glendale, as it always is for the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Uh, this is a big step up in competition for Ohio State, to be sure, but a much bigger step up for Clemson, who hasn't played a true top 25 opponent since Texas A&M in Week 2. I'm sorry, I'm not counting Virginia in the ACC title game. They're a fake top 25 team. They've been propped up by the playoff committee. UVA is like 44th in the FPI, 30th in the Sagarin. They're 91st in the country on offensive yards per play. 56 in defensive yards per play. They stink. Um, I like Ohio State in this one. 34-24. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring game than people think. And uh, they're going to surprise some people. Um, that's the way I see it. And then onward and upward to New Orleans. Um, guys, before we wrap it up, we're getting close to about 50 minutes. Do you guys want to give a quick prediction on the other semifinal? Just doesn't have to be a score, just who you see coming out of that game. Chad, how about you? How do you see that game playing out? Just, uh, just give us a quick. Blowout LSU. Blowout LSU. Matt, how about you? America's team will win LSU. <laughs> All right, Paige. Um, where are we at, Plummer? You're, you're down 20, is that right? Yes. <laughs> All right. I'll take the. I'll take the. You don't sound very confident there, buddy. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I, what do you want, Oklahoma? Yeah, I'll take the points in Oklahoma. All right. All right, dude. You're on. Twenty dollars. All right. I don't think Oklahoma is going to win, but I don't think LSU is as good as everyone thinks they are, especially with their defense. And I think Oklahoma 
is going to be able to put up some points. And so I'd definitely take the points on that. And it wouldn't surprise me. Actually, I think I'm taking Oklahoma straight up W. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Okay. I like I it, Mike. You it. just <laughs> talked yourself into it. Okay. Mike, how about you? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think if Oklahoma, Lincoln Rally, or if they, if, if he had the ability to fix the problems they've had all year, which is their pretty putrid defense, they would have done it by now. And now they're going up against LSU. And even if LSU has an off game, uh, they're still going to, they're still going to pull this out. I don't know. What is the line? 12, something like that. Oklahoma, they'd have to have a, a, to play the best game of their lives. And um, I just don't see it. I mean, it's not a surprise, but I'm, trying to get if any I mean if any team's being overlooked it's Oklahoma but they seem to get blown out in every they didn't quite get blown out last year against Alabama it was although it was 28 nothing in the first quarter they came back a little bit right but they lost some pretty embarrassing ones including the Clemson uh, a couple years ago they lost what was it 37 something 10 that was stoops. Maybe. yeah so yeah well they were yeah, good two they years they have were... a tendency to yeah, they were good two yeah. years ago against Georgia in that Rose Bowl Georgia. semifinal. That yeah. was an awesome yeah, game. Yeah, with Baker. Yeah, yeah. That was a good game, yeah. But um, anyway, I, uh, I, like I'd LSU. like to see Oklahoma make a game. But then again, since we're going to beat Clemson, I, I definitely want to put face uh, LSU in the, in, in the championship game. Okay, so you like LSU. Yeah, a home field <laughs> advantage for LSU, right? It's played in the South. It's what They're going back to the Georgia Dome, right, where they won the SEC title game. I believe that's where they play the Peach Bowl. And um, but yeah. Paige, but Paige, I I something you said. Uh, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, you know, Oklahoma's that they're a proud program. They've been to the playoffs what three times out of the last like five years, two in a row. This is their third appearance in a row. You got Jalen Hurts, who's he's been in a lot of big games. He's tough. He's not going to be intimidated at all by LSU. Um, the other thing that gives me a little bit of pause because otherwise I'd be saying LSU in a blowout. But what gives me a little bit of pause is what. Um, Ole Miss did uh, running the football, especially from the quarterback position against that LSU defense uh, a few weeks back. And they're going to see an even better runner from the quarterback position in Hurts. I I think Lincoln Riley's Riley's a hell of a coach. They've been sitting around for three weeks being told they have no chance in this game. I'm picking LSU, but Paige, I'm with you. I think this could be a much more competitive game than people think. I'm certainly hoping for it because it'd be fun to watch a good game. Yeah, and and throw on top, like Mikey said, the team getting just completely disrespected, disregarded, and you know maybe we got the old Heisman getting a little you know chubby around the waist, <laughs> all the the hoopla and the parties for yeah, you know Mr. True. Burrow could be <laughs> yeah. uh, you know we've seen that movie before, we know yeah. how that movie ends, so yeah. there's there's, just, there's a chance Oklahoma's got a shot. Yeah, I, I think you do play with a bit of a burden when you have the Heisman Trophy winner. And, and we've often seen, not always, but we've often seen face plants by Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks in national championship games. Um, and, you know, we, <laughs> we certainly saw one. Of course, you know, when Ohio State, when Troy Smith got, you know, Ohio State got killed by Florida in that 2006 title game, that was weird. Do you remember they, they, they waited almost seven weeks to play that game? There was no Big Ten title game. The Michigan game was actually played the week before Thanksgiving. And, yeah, there was like a seven-week yep. layoff. And, yeah, Troy Smith looked like he had had he'd done the banquet circuit. He looked like 25 pounds heavier from, in that game than he did from, in the Michigan game. 
So we'll see it. Anyway, yeah. I'm really excited. I think as I told you guys, I'm actually going to to Glendale. I'm going to be there. Aaron got me a ticket for my uh, for as a Christmas gift, so I fly out Sweet. Friday night. I'll be there at the game. Who are you going with? I'm going by myself. You guys both going? Uh, no. Oh, it, really? Aaron's got to work. <laughs> I got, uh, you know, I couldn't. No. That's, that's solid, Z. That's very solid. I'm going to be out there <laughs> representing yeah, the South stands, boys. So, uh, I, Wait, who are you going with? I'm, I'm, going, that. I'm going by myself. Yeah, just by myself. Holy we shit. Should we should do a pregame. We should do a pregame for the game on Saturday. Yeah, sure. No. In the lobby for the ho- or something. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, this is the pregame. Before we go, I want to wish all of you a happy oh. holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that stuff. All right, guys. Happy have a great holiday. Sunday. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. All right.